sending out an SOS. That's what the International Chamber of Commerce is doing. The Paris-based organization is uh, sending out a message of save our SMEs with a five-point call to action, a so-called uh, corporate call to action to ensure that uh, SMEs survive. Now, Simon Littlewood, they're uh, billing it as a very uh, slightly different take than, than most people have. Um, and that is to look at supply chain leadership or look at it from a supply chain leadership uh, point of view. The five points that they've listed um, and the, you know, the PDF document, which you can download from the link nearby this uh, audio podcast. Um, you know, some of these points are the, you know, the sort of feel good stuff uh, that uh, we've come to expect, you know, ensure the health and safety of the workforce in your supply chain, uh, insist on integrity and responsible business conduct, uh, advocate for stimulus efforts to flow into the real economy, all of that sort of good stuff. I guess from, from my perspective, what's most interesting is that it is actually very close to our very own pledge to pay. And that is item, in particular, items two and three. Uphold yeah. your contracts with your suppliers and distributors and facilitate continued business operations of the supply chain. Some very interesting points among them. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, very interesting to read this, particularly given the conversations we've been having. First of all, in order to be socially responsible, companies that have deeper pockets need to recognize that SMEs are the lifeblood of every economy. And uh, this association represents uh, SMEs in over 100 countries. Um, and they are very clear that SMEs need to be sustained. And the first thing is that those companies with deep, deep, deeper pockets need to be socially responsible in the sense that they need to keep the supply chain flowing. They need to continue to buy from SME suppliers um, and they need to continue to ensure that their employees can be paid and retained. Um, but it, what's most interesting is the, is the payments issue, Mark, which, are, which I think you referred to a moment ago. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, you know, let's take it as read. Uphold your contracts with your suppliers and distributors. They say cancelling orders or terminating contractual relationships can cause immediately immediate harmful economic effects on MSME, you can tell this was written by a francophone. Um, supply chain leaders should uphold their contractual obligations, pay for and receive orders, and avoid resorting to force majeure to cancel orders or distribution contracts. Very good. Again, all fully to be acknowledged. But as you say, Simon, they're also advocating something which might be a little bit more radical for the largest companies that have you know, very long and established uh, procurement systems for example early payment or improved payment terms including cash making advanced orders uh, i think they mean advanced orders procuring the raw materials necessary for production okay that's not too out there giving credit and rent relief to distributors ah there we go we start into some of the more radical ideas again providing interest-free or low-interest emergency loans and using leverage with creditors to facilitate low-interest credit for MSMEs in the supply chain. Shall we pick each one of those uh, off one by one? Shall we start with early payment or improved payment terms, including cash? Yeah, so 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 what, what, what's being said here is that in some, so generally the timbre of this is, is, is the same uh, as our pledge to pay, which is, look, if you've got deeper pockets, you should ensure that your SME suppliers are paid according to terms as a minimum, but ideally think about paying them a little bit faster. So in this case, early payment, or improved payment terms, which is faster than your existing payment terms. Essentially, what we're arguing is that for the period of the slowdown or until things improve, and that's likely to be into the fourth quarter of this year at least, you need to think about 
treating SMEs with kid gloves and ensuring that they have enough cash to continue to operate and employ people. So early payments an important part of that. Making advanced orders, which is the second one, is an interesting one because that says, I know what I'm going to need in two or three months' time. If I can make an advanced order, I send it, I'm sending a signal to the SME that provides it, particularly if I also pay, pay a deposit, uh, that they are going to be in business in a couple of months and that I'm serious about the relationship. So that's interesting as well, Mark. Yes. Now, uh, the third point, procuring the raw materials necessary for production. That actually sounds a bit obvious. Shouldn't you procure the raw materials necessary for your own production? Well, I, you know, again, I think we're suffering from um, perhaps translation ease here. But I think I think what's the sense of this is maybe you buy them even though production is at a lower level. Because what we're actually seeing, when you've got a stock of raw materials or a stock of work in progress, but the demand for your product has seriously diminished, which is true of huge areas of, of all supply chains, uh, the inclination is to simply stop procuring uh, until uh, inventories are balanced, and that might take months. The problem is, during those months, you're not buying anything from your suppliers, and you're not giving them any money. So I think the suggestion here is that you keep the procurement process going so that cash is flowing into your suppliers, even if you perhaps have slightly more raw materials on hand than are strictly necessary for production. Yeah. Right. I'm so glad you speak French and are able to translate this for us uh, from, <laughs> from the English. Uh, giving credit and rent relief to distributors. Now, there's a fairly radical idea, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, because rent relief in particular is something that uh, many landlords have uh, been told by governments, in some cases legislated. But they're not very keen, are they? Well, uh, you know, Singapore, this is a very particular situation. I, I read a very interesting article yesterday about how the government here is beginning to recognize that the concentration of the power in, uh, in housing trusts here in Singapore and investment, uh, investment vehicles for commercial property in particular has pushed rent sky high. And now that commercial tenants do not have income coming in, in some cases zero, but in every case significantly less, they're really struggling to, to, to pay their rents. So leaving aside whether that might lead to a long-term change in, uh, in commercial rent, strategy in Singapore. The important thing here is that in the near term, to give relief on commercial leases where your lessee, or do I mean lessor? No, I mean lessee, um, is um, actually... Or, or the lesser. <laughs> yeah, the lesser of... Yeah, the lesser of... Yeah. So, um, so give them relief. Either reduce it um, or even in some cases let them off because it's not going to be any use to you in the medium term if the channels that you've used to distribute your product to customers, that's your distributor channel, and, and that's in Asia, lots of companies depend on distributors. Distributors are famously undercapitalized and sort of short of cash. If they go under, even when things pick up, you've got no way to get your product to the market. So there's an overwhelming interest to be a bit gentle with them on credit and a bit gentle with them on rent. Yeah. Mm. Well, at the end of the day, you're the one holding the asset. I mean, if you're renting a, a warehouse to a distributor, then, okay, I understand the pain of not collecting rent on that warehouse. And maybe you're servicing a, some sort of mortgage uh, with which you are paying off the construction of that warehouse. But at the end of the day, you're still the one with the asset. So Yes. But as, you say, pay, as you say, I may, I, yeah, yeah, I may have a mortgage. That's the, that's the challenge. So this kind of implies that the banks that are funding commercial mortgages also give a holiday. And in Singapore, we know that, uh, that some of them are. Um, 
Good. Um, so uh, the other one that's actually more interesting is providing interest-free or low-interest emergency loans. Um, I That's being done by banks at the behest of governments in Singapore. Um, low interest, but not interest-free. Um, but um, not by corporate, to my knowledge. Um, it's, a, it's a lovely idea. Uh, yes. So in other words, you are the one who buys from an MSME, but at the same time, you're not just paying them for their products or services, you're actually extending credit. Uh, that does sound eerily like reverse factoring, though, Simon. Well, you know, it, it's, you know, needs must, I guess. There's, uh, we, we've talked about it. We don't like reverse factoring very much because it's a way of procuring uh, longer payment terms from your um, customers and, uh, and, uh, and, um, and providing them with a higher level of cost. But... If in a situation like this, you can get money to people, uh, even if it's just a short-term contingency, then it kind of makes sense. Um, I, I wonder how many big companies are actually doing this. Um, that would be a very interesting question, Mark. Well, you, you did say it was a very nice way to go. I guess it's very unusual, isn't it? Well, I've got, you know, look, for, I'm, I'm going to be controversial here. This, is, this has the smack of French corporatism about it, which is fine because there's many... <laughs> There's many, there's many worthy intentions here, but the fact of the matter is that France is an economy which is very heavily dominated by the public sector. So where you control both the banks and most of the large corporations, it's very easy to make these kinds of observations. But you know, companies are commercial entities responsible to their shareholders, and they're supposed to look after their cash and make money. So you know, providing interest-free or low-interest emergency loans, actually, you know, you actually have a license, have to have a license to do that, don't you? So I don't know that corporations can even do that. Um, you could possibly guarantee the loan from a third party, but I don't think you could do it directly and not stay within the law, Mark. Hmm. Well, perhaps that's the implication of the fifth, sorry, is it the sixth point, using leverage with creditors to facilitate low interest credit or bridging loans for MSMEs in the supply chain. So presumably, if you're a large company, you would go to a bank and say, hey, can you lend these guys some money? They're a small company, but they've uh, served us well. Uh, and, well, using yeah. leverage with creditors to facilitate. I mean, that sounds like an introduction rather than a guarantee, but at least um, uh, perhaps that encourages more of the factoring of invoices. It, that yes. Yeah, I don't know what they mean by leverage. And I mean, there, there are two points here. The first one is you need to make sure you need to make sure that your supplier is, is going to stay in business. I mean, I, we've said this repeatedly from a commercial perspective. When you're in this kind of difficult situation, you need to be clear that some companies are going to make it and some companies aren't. And unpleasant though it sounds, ones that were really struggling before the crisis are the ones most likely not to make it through. Um, you don't want to commit yourself to giving more credit to them. You don't want to commit yourself to guaranteeing loans to them from a third party unless you can be absolutely sure they're going to survive. So this is about figuring out who your core suppliers are, ensuring that they have taken the decisions that are necessary for them to weather the storm. So from a practical perspective, I've been looking at my suppliers and seeing what, asking them what they're doing to cut costs, manage down outgoings, um, manage and husband working capital, probably before I started talking about providing them with, uh, with additional loans, you know, via creditors that I'm helping to support. So, um, so, uh, so, so I think there's a few steps that need to be gone through here. Mark. To conclude then, Simon, uh, the, the SOS, how many large companies do you think will hear it? Um, it? We know that when other countries have done this, it's been quite surprising, you know, because over the last year or so, we've seen 
the UK government, the Australian government, um, indeed Europe as a whole, making um, brave noises about how large companies should pay smaller companies on time. And the uh, result has been a very, very mixed bag. Some have, some have agreed to do it and done it. Some of the world's largest and most profitable companies have not done it. And some of them have indeed agreed to do it and still not done it. Um, and if anyone's interested, you can, you can actually check out online who they are. There's some quite surprising names there. At the end of the day, as I said, this utopian stuff about how we've got to look after our brothers, our, our smaller, weaker brothers, and keep them hale and hearty, it's great. And I fully support it. And we're friends of SMEs at Riava. But the reality is companies are in business to make money. And big companies are big because they're very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Simon. And uh, would you like to uh, go out with a French accent? Alors, c'est magnifique. Je souhaite une bonne journée à tout le monde. It's on that note. Thank you for tuning in to the Riabu podcast. You'll find links uh, in the description of uh, this uh, podcast. And of course, we always welcome your input as well. Drop us a note service at riabu.com.